0: As if you didn't already know, you are listening to Men of Abundance, episode 156, with Larry Hagner. Today, we're filling your cup with the Good Dad Project. What's up? What's up? All of you amazing, abundant leaders out there. I am Wally Carmichael, your host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. I am glad to bring you today Larry Hagner of the Good Dad Project. And man, if you've been listening, you know the deal. Please share this episode and share this conversation with everybody you come in contact with. I'm telling you right now, you are going to get so much out of this conversation. You're going to want to share it with your boys. You're going to want to share it with your girls. You're going to want to share it with everybody you come in contact with. And if this is the first episode that you've heard of Men of Abundance, if you're just getting introduced, number one, thank the person that introduced you to Men of Abundance. If that was me, you're welcome. And if it was somebody else, make sure you go thank them. And then be abundant in your life today by sharing this with other people. Guys, I'm going to get right into our conversation today because this is a long one, but it is a good one. Now, as I already mentioned, our featured guest today is Larry Hagner of the Good Dad Project. And Larry grew up virtually in a fatherless environment for most of his life. In fact, he didn't even meet his real father until he was 30 years old. And as fate would have it, their paths crossed as he walked into a coffee shop eight years ago. And Larry, as he mentions, is happy to say they have had a great relationship. They now have a great relationship and spend a great deal of time together. It was through his own childhood struggles that he realized his true passion for being a dad. And this is just a start of where the Good Dad Project came from. And Larry explains much more as we go into our conversation here today. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Larry Hagner. Larry, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How you doing? What's
1: up, brother? It's good to be here, man. I'm honored. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
0: Yeah, I'm super stoked, man. I've been following you for quite some time. As I was leading up to uh, our conversation here, I was going back and listening to some of the older stuff. And episode number 50 was the one where you kind of did like a... You know, mm-hmm. a cap of everything that's been going on, where good dad project came from, and I noticed a voice that I recognized, and I was like, that is Sean Stevenson, yeah, when I, I, I didn't even know that you guys I've only been listening to your show more frequently more recently, but I dig Sean man. he's a cool dude.
1: he's a great guy. um we actually just met up for coffee the other day um we're We're really good friends. I've known him since two thousand and twelve, so six years. Uh, nearly. So yeah, he's he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, he really is. And man, does he have <laughs> does he have the voice for radio and podcast, man? Just an amazing, amazing voice, and he's so freaking funny.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if you ever uh how how long you followed the podcast for, but um you know, he got the nickname on my show Audio Velvet and uh my nickname was Audio Corduroy because of course my podcasting voice wasn't nearly as, as smooth and suave as Sean's <laughs> But uh, he, yeah, he was a great co-host. We were together for eighty, eighty-eight shows, and um, you know, we 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 loved it. The, the thing was, is that we got uh, my my brand really started exploding, and and so did his, and it just got up to the point where scheduling was just a nightmare. And some of these big guests, you know, it's sometimes mm-hmm. really hard to nail down these big guests. And we literally, Sean and I, only had like a like Friday afternoons to record. That was the only time that we could that we could record. So, uh, you know, in order not to pass up on some of these big guests that we've had, like I've had to, I had to redo my schedule a little bit because they couldn't, the big guests couldn't. So we just got to the point where like, you know what, it's uh, our both of our brands are getting super busy. He had just launched uh, sleep smarter. He was going on book tours and it was just so hard to nail down things. So we decided, you know, just part, part ways on podcasts, he was going to focus on model health show. I was going to focus on GDP. And, that's what we did. So we're still good friends and all is well.
0: Yeah, good plan, man. Good plan because his model health show is on point. He he must do tons of research because, guys, you, you know, if you haven't listened to the model health show and you want to learn something about health, that's the one to listen to because, one, it's fun. It's not boring at any means. And what is his co-host's name? I can't remember her name.
1: Jade, but she's not with him anymore. Oh, is that right? I haven't listened to yeah. him in
0: quite a while, actually. So uh, cause yeah, I'm they- more focused on other stuff right now, but...
1: They, they parted ways as well, probably six weeks ago. So it was in September. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Because they're just funny together. They're just hilarious. And then he launched his books, as you mentioned, Sleep Smarter. Amazing stuff, man. So listen, before we get too much into the show, I, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Larry?
1: Man, it's a good question. I always try to be grateful for for at least two or three things every day. And I always try to focus on gratitude that uh, that money can't buy. So that's what I always like to focus on. Like, what, what can I be grateful for that money can't buy? Because I think we can all be like, oh, I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for the food in my fridge. But what I'm grateful for is, uh, <laughs> especially here lately, like when I wake up in the morning, I'm usually very grateful for a really good night's sleep. So that's that's the one thing I'm grateful for. also you know the, lo- the love of my kids. I've got four boys, uh, eleven, nine, three, and one and I'm, I'm grateful to that they're in my life um, and and even when things are crazy and annoying and, and loud and, and nuts, and as much as like that rattles my brain sometimes like I'm just like, you know what? Today, I'm grateful that my house is loud because I'm going to wake up tomorrow. My kids are going to be out of here. My house is going to be quiet. I'm going to be like, man, I really miss when my house was loud. So that's what I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah, and I can looking at your family, I can imagine (laughs) it's pretty darn loud in your house. And I'm missing that right now because I don't know if you know, I think we may have talked um, when we were talking a couple weeks ago that I'm doing some split ops right now. Uh, my family's in Tampa, and I am – at the time of this recording, my Tampa, my, my family's in Tampa, and I'm still here in Hawaii, so I'm going to be joining them in a couple months. But um, it's a little bit too quiet where I'm at right now, and I've got one already out of the house anyway and an 18-year-old who's just itching to, to do something. And then I've got my little 8-year-old, my little guy that is still my little shadow, my little buddy, my workout partner. But there you I go, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know <laughs> – I like to ask this question because it's a little bit thought-provoking, and some people get kind of stunned by it, and that is, how would you describe yourself?
1: I would describe myself as a very transparent, uh, I would say, tell-it-like-it-is type of man, Uh, and I would also say that I am, I'm relentless, I'm an executor, I'm very self-critical of myself. I can be my best friend, and I can also be my worst enemy, without a doubt. Um, I'm a dedicated husband and father, um, and I'm a guy who who makes a million mistakes a day. You know, um, I've had the Good Dad Project podcast now for two years, and I always say, you know, not only am I the president, the CEO, and the host of the GDP, but I'm also the first guy in line as a client. Because I mean, that's that's the exact reason I. I started the podcast. I was like, ah, I'm I'm not very good at this father thing. I need to be better at it. So I'm just going to become a student of it. And you know, every week I get to talk to people who are heck a lot smarter than I am and I get to learn from them. So that's how I describe myself.
0: Perfect. I absolutely love that. And I can 100% relate because while I know that I am living a life of abundance uh, and I want to share that experience and share this experience with so many other men and families, Uh, I certainly, in no means, have it all figured out either, and and I think some people sometimes get the idea that, hey, Larry's got this good dad project, he must be the best dad in the world, and while you're a pretty darn good dad, and we're going to get more into that here in just a minute, and your background and how that all came about, none of us have it all figured out, and that's why these masterminds are so important, and these these alliances like you have are, are just critical in today's day and age, because... We're just in a different world than we were years ago, where the whole family was out, you know, working in the fields or building a business or, or doing so much more together than we do today. Our kids grow up, they leave the house, they go off with their families, and they do their thing, and we're busy all the time as well. Not all of us have the opportunity to stay home and and spend every minute with our with our kids and all the time that we would like to do. We're trying to make ends meet, man, and trying to get it done.
1: Yeah, man. I mean. <sighs> Gosh, you, you said so much there, which uh, I think really encompasses, like, the common man out there. You know, we, we all have these desires to provide, to, you know, to protect, to preside, you know, over our families, but, you know, sometimes we get sucked into so much providing and we forget, you know, those that, that significant thing of, of spending that time with them. You know, no one at the end of their life, you know, looks back in their life and is like, you know, uh, I wish I would have spent more time at work. And, and less with my kids but I also think that there's there's a there's a balance too um, I, I think that there's a balance between you know where we I don't want to say too much time with our kids but I want to say not taking enough time for ourselves to fill our cup because when we don't do that you know we get in trouble you know we, we tend to get fried and, and when we're trying to selflessly serve and and pour into others I mean, you have to take time for yourself, and I, I see men and, and me included. Man, we get so filled up with guilt, and and well, I shouldn't do that. You know, that's selfish. I, I shouldn't go to the gym and take care of my health. That's selfish. I shouldn't, uh, you know, as you said, join that join that mastermind community. That's going to take sixty seven dollars out of my checking account. You know, that's that's food off my table, even though that's something that can fulfill a man and fill him up and fill that cup. Or I shouldn't pick up that twenty dollar book that's going to make me. A better person or I shouldn't go and spend, you know, 500 bucks to go to that conference that's going to sharpen some skills. You know, we, we have all these, we're so ridden with guilt that we don't want to take, you know, those opportunities. We don't want to take those resources, but men, I mean, and Wally, you know, this as well from, from your podcast and everything you're doing, you've got to take that time. And if you don't take that time It is going to. It's going to well up in you. It's going to swell up in you. It's gonna. It's gonna pop, and it's going to be disastrous. It's. It's just like I was talking to a guy this morning who actually came over and joined the alliance, and we talked about a lot of things that you can do in your life for preventative measures. And I don't know what it was. You know, he ended up joining, and I and and it just clicked for him. He's like, you know what? I never thought of it like this. He's like, "I, I. I don't wait till there's a problem with my car before I go do preventative maintenance. I go and get the, the oil changed. I check the tires. I get the tires rotated. You know, if I don't do that, if I don't do that preventative care, I'm in serious trouble. I'm going to have to replace the engine. And our lives are the same way, but we don't, we don't think about it that way. We will run ourselves into the ground, you know, for the sake we feel so guilty for doing any of these things. But man, we got to do it. It's got to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Larry. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that that so many men um, feel that guilt in in recharging and refilling the cup?
1: It's a good question. I, I think if you ask different men, they'll they'll have different reasons. Uh, but I think it boils down to um, it doesn't matter what resource we're talking about, because let's face it, when it comes to financial means, men are literally like all over the board, right? Um, we can you know some have a hard time paying their mortgage, and some some just we just come from endless means and then it then there's the the resource of time. you know men feel really guilty taking the time because they're like, well, if I take the time, then that's time away from my family or time I can be spending doing something else. like it shouldn't be for me. So what I see is is the two things that really get men are time and money mm-hmm. so and, and whatever whatever that looks like for you, here's another one. <laughs> I've seen this I, again I'm I'm constantly learning this in my, in my own uh community but worthiness like get that worthiness so like for instance um I see men have a hard time like for instance when they join like a mastermind for instance they're like well I I don't know if I'm like the caliber of man that deserves to be in a mastermind I don't know if I'm that caliber guy who can contribute anything because i feel like i'm weak at everything and i'm like and i always tell every guy this i was like that that's your own perception that's you talking you know you actually have strengths that other men don't you you have you have things in your life that you're good at you just don't realize that you're good at it until you get around men that they start talking and then they realize and then you realize that they need help in certain things that you're pretty proficient at so maybe you're not great at patience but you're really good with finances. A lot of guys need help with that. Or maybe your 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 weak spot is taking care of your health. But man, you're you're great at relationships. You know, every guy it's a yin and yang. We complement each other. But I would say it's those three things: it's money, it's time, and it's our own perception of us being worthy.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you've got the alliance, and I I was fortunate enough to be a fly on the wall in a dead edge alliance so actually let me rephrase that i thought i was going to be a fly on the wall (laughs) because you invited me in there and um your group forced me to participate i wouldn't say forced I, i did it willingly but um i didn't expect to have as much participation in the group that i did and i truly enjoyed the 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 hour that we spent together a little over an hour how do guys get into the group and tackle some of these uh, issues and not really issues. Some of these shortcomings that they have about themselves, and and get over some of these hurdles.
1: Are you asking like as far as logistically, or as far as like engagement?
0: Yeah, engagement.
1: Engagement. Yeah. So, when when a man comes and joins, you know, our alliance group, you know, they're, they're then a part of what we call that brotherhood, that tribe. We currently have about 154 members that are a part of that group, and. They 're just on fire what, what how we get together logistically is we get together weekly uh, on on these zoom calls where we can see everyone we can talk to everybody um, I create all the the call content, so we tackle a different theme every single month. Like For instance, like leadership, we'll tackle that, and we'll break it into four parts, and we'll talk about different parts of it weekly. Uh, We've also talked about ego. We've talked about confidence. We've talked about uh, work-life integration. We've talked about management. Um, This month, we're talking about productivity. And as far as getting men to engage, so on these calls, we have anywhere from uh, I would say ten to eighteen guys on a video call at, in a virtual meeting at a time, and when, for instance, when I lead a call or one of my team leads lead a call, our our goal, our mission is to get every single man to engage in that call because we truly believe that every man has something to offer, mm-hmm. and when when whether they feel that they can, when when a man starts to speak up, he starts to realize what his strengths are. So we we ensure that every man talks because that's super important. We also ensure that we end the call with like okay, we've talked about a lot in the 60 minutes. Let's end the call on what are what are the takeaways? So we'll go around the bend, you know, and ask these guys, what was the one thing you took from this call and what's the one thing you're going to do different in between now and the next 7 days. And it's it's unbelievable and that becomes another critical sharing point of that call because 10 to 18 guys, you know, we all got our perspective on what we got for it, but we hear different perspectives like, Oh man, I didn't think of that. Oh, I didn't think of that either. You know, so it's, it's really cool how we do that.
0: Yeah. And everybody was really engaging and, you know, everybody's in their own environment. Some are sitting in their home office. Some are actually sitting at their work office. Um, one dude was actually on a walk, you know, and, and you could see him on video and he's on a walk and I was, everybody was just so relaxed and, and just enjoying the moment. and, engaging and I was really the group is just very dynamic and the conversation was funny everybody's cracking on each other because obviously you get many of you have been together for quite some time and I think there were five of us that were brand new had never been in there before and you know a couple of them were kind of shy about coming out and talking but you really engaged everybody and I, I just thought it was brilliant the way you did that
1: man thank you brother I, I appreciate that and yeah we do. When when men get together, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Stephen Mansfield, but he he wrote oh, the yeah. book. You know, yeah, he's he's coming on on the GDP podcast here next uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, just a tremendous man. And when you uh, when you fully understand the core things that you need to build a tribe, um, you understand what to implement into those calls. You understand what to implement into those into that community. The the much needed things. And you know what, men. First of all, number one, men need a place where they can go be themselves, okay? They need a place where they can go be themselves and they can basically you know, show everything that they're not so good at that they want to work on and they need a place that they they can also empower and pour into and strengthen others. Men also need a place that's lighthearted where there's it's okay to banter. Believe it or not, that is super important. Um, I'm a very spiritual guy. I'm a religious guy. Um, and you know, I'm a part of a men's group, uh, at my church and I fully believe in that. However, one thing that I've noticed that, that, um, church groups, men's groups that miss out on is, is that banter because you, you don't know if it's necessarily quote unquote appropriate to have that banter, but it's so important because men, 90, 98% of our lives is so serious. You know, it's so it's so tight. It's so planned. It's you know, it's we're, we're we're so serious about everything. We need that release, you know, to be able to banter, to be able to joke, to be able to laugh and, and to just be ourselves. And that's that's what you have to have there. I mean, there's many other aspects to, you know, how to build a tribe and the things that have to be included. But you have to have that.
0: Agreed. Absolutely agreed. One hundred percent. You know, Larry, I I know some of your backstory and I want to share that with our listeners out there because it's just important to share this kick in the gut moment and for people to understand that somebody that is seemingly so put together and got their stuff together like Larry Hagner does, I mean, you know, you kind of cringe at that. You're like, well, not so much because you don't know my whole story. I think it's important that we share this information and then talk about how we got out of that you know, how do we move forward and how do we, you know, are we using it? Some people are even using that as their, you know, turning their mess into their message. But at this point I'd like for you to share that kick in the gut moment with us that really kind of took you to your knees.
1: I've had so many of those, man. Like (laughs) I was trying to think of just one, but, uh, and I, I, we all have, right. Uh, but if I could, I, I wanted to answer this question with going back to maybe my childhood, um, so i i'll I'll be real brief with this, but you know my mom and biological father were married for about four years. they got divorced when I was one my dad left um, my mom for the next several years for the next twenty years had uh my my biological father was completely out of my life uh she was married three times within that next twenty years dated a variety of different men but every guy that came into my life was just this very toxic father figure, you know, some were mentally abusive, some were physically abusive, some were both. Nearly all of them were alcoholics. Uh, so I had I had this really jaded sort of childhood. And, and I, I don't share that out of pity, like, hey, you know, I had this messed up childhood. I just share that for perspective. And I think as I look back at my childhood, I, I was lost. I was so lost. And I was overweight and I was fat and I had zero confidence, like zero confidence. Grades were terrible. I I didn't have work ethic. Like I had nothing like, and I I had nothing for a lot of my own fault. You know, like I I could have kicked myself in the ass at any point, but I just didn't necessarily know how to like at, at the age of eight and 10, 12, 13, like I just didn't know how to. And I would say the first time I had just a really big kick in the ass and I had just a kick in the gut moment was my mom was dating this guy when I was 15. And this guy was, he was a freaking nightmare. Like this guy was an absolute nightmare. Um, But he was an ex-bodybuilder, you know, an ex-fitness guy. Uh, And I'll never forget my freshman year of high school. I went to this dance. It was a mixer. So we didn't, none of us had dates. It was just a bunch of girls, a bunch of guys. And I had been eyeballing this girl like all night long. Like I wanted to dance with her. And finally, you know, it's like I waited like four hours, three hours to the end of the night. They're playing like the last three slow songs. And I go <laughs> up to this girl. I go up to this girl and I'm like, hey, how are you? I was like, and I, I was like shaking, right? I was like, would you like to dance? No kidding around. She looked me up. She looked me down. She looked me up and then down. And just had this look of like utter disgust on her face. And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, And she walked away and I was like, Oh my God. So I went home and, uh, you know, I told um, my mom's boyfriend about this time he was living with us and he looked at me, he goes, so are you tired of being a fat ass yet? And I'm like, what? And he's like, are you tired of being a fat ass yet? You know, just yes or no. Are you tired of it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm tired of it. He's like, okay, well, why don't we do something about it? I was like, well, what do we do? And at this point I was terrible at athletics, never worked out a day in my life. You know, I, I ate like total, total crap. Um, he's like, I'll get you up every morning, 4.30 a.m. I'm going to help you work out before school. And then not only that, but I'm going to teach you how to eat. And over the next year and a half, I lost about 50 pounds and got in really good shape. And that's been a part of my life ever since is fitness. So like we're going back, you know, 25 years. Um, it's been a part of my life ever since. But it was, it was a low point. It was like a kick in the balls moment. But that is definitely a, a kick in the gut moment that got me straight.
0: You know, Larry, when you said that, when, when you mentioned that he said, are you tired of being a fat ass? Um, I, something that just, that empowers me. That just made me, I just got this huge smile on my face. Now, some people might look at that as like, who the hell do you think you're talking to? You know, or something like that, because... I'm kind of a straightforward type of guy and I've, I've used that terminology before with other guys and some people appreciate it and many don't, but the bottom line is he was willing to help as toxic as he was. He was in his element when it came to that. And, um, I, I just think that's cool as hell that, that you were able to make that at least that connection with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, out of all that disaster situation that it was, um, we, we, that, that was one good thing that came out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's one of those things you can go back and say, you know, you can find good out of every situation and, and almost every relationship. Not every – there's just some that are just a disaster without a doubt. There's no no value at all. But that one had some value in it and it took you 25 years, you know, up to this point. So that's awesome. Thanks, man. So Good Dad Project – where did this all come from? How did that all where, – where, what was the mindset? Where did that just manifest into your life?
1: Well, I would say the Good Dad Project came out of like what I would – what you would probably call uh, enough is enough moment. Mm. So if you want, I can talk Absolutely. about both. Absolutely. Let's do
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I had – the Good Dad Project was sprouted out of enough uh, an enough is enough moment. Um, I was a dad for five years. I've been a dad now for almost 12. But at the time, about five years. And I was your typical guy. Um, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I I was frustrated. I was pissed off all the time. I was irritable. I had zero patience. Um, yeah, I wasn't enjoying fatherhood. Right. And to be honest with you, that there, that man rears his ugly head every now and again too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there are my good days with being a father and there, man, there are days where I'm like, what is wrong with me today? You know? And, but uh, you have to give yourself a, sw- a swift kick in the rear, you know, to, to get back in line. But I guess at least now I can say I have, I have some extra tools in my tool belt to get me to that place versus just walking around miserable. But uh, the Good Dad Project, uh, you know, I, I didn't actually meet my biological father until I was 30, which that will kind of mess with your head quite a bit if you let it. Uh, we've, been, we've had a relationship now for the past 12 years. It's, it's really good. Uh, it's more of a friendship, I would say. Uh, but I, I didn't have that very solid father figure growing up, so I didn't really learn from example. I'm not saying that's the reason um, that I, I, I was not the best father. The reason I wasn't the best father was my fault. It was me. Like I was, I was in my own way, and I, I take full ownership of that. And I still take full ownership of the of the days where I don't have it right, and I and I act like a fool. But. The Good Dad Project really sprouted out of uh, an absolute low point in my life. Um, I was a typical guy. I was doing great in my career. Um, at the time, I was doing martial arts three times a week. I was really into my hobbies. Uh, I had two kids at the time. I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Five, I'm sorry, five and three. And uh, I was doing the whole fatherhood thing from like an arm's length. And one night we were—I was packing because we were getting ready to move, and I hate moving more than life itself. Uh, I was packing, and I told my my three-year-old, who's now my nine-year-old, like, "Hey, uh, don't don't unpack any of these boxes in this room." And it was his playroom. Uh, you know, I, I, I went upstairs. It took me like three hours, half the night, to pack all this stuff up. Came back downstairs, and he had like just <laughs> thrown everything around, unpacked everything, and I got just freaking pissed. And I spanked him. I yelled at him. My wife was like, oh my God, you know, like, he's three. Like, he just wanted to get to his toys. Like, what the hell? And I was just like, what, what the hell happened to me? Like, what, what just happened? And it was, it, it, there was so much pimped up anger, rage, irritability, you know, isolation. Uh, it just, I was more mad at myself than anything. And I went into my office and I did the thing that a lot of guys do—just distract myself with something. And I got on Facebook, started messing around, and and I saw this this thing in the right hand in the left hand corner that says create a page. And I was emotional. I kind of call that my Jerry Maguire moment, where <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> "That was." I literally, I I think I said to myself, "Enough is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living this way." Like, I am so tired of of being this father that I have literally from the time I've been a father set out this is not what I'm not going to do and I'm doing all of these things that I said I would never do so I created a page called the good dad project and I was the project I was like if I'm going to do this like I I need to get help like I need to just surrender the ego I need to figure out how to be better at this and that's what I did I was like I'll just create this page whoever follows it follows it but I'm going to just publicly go out and look for something. I'm going to try to learn something new every day. Just learn something new every day and then I'll share it on this page. So I did that and I started noticing that one thing was in common. If you take self-development, a self-development education, a self-development perspective, I mean, think about it. Men in our, you know, we all want to be better at our businesses. As men, we don't hesitate for one second to be like, I think I'm going to go take that leadership course because it'll make me better at my business. But we don't, we, we think 10 different ways to not do that as a father because, oh, that's a sign of weakness. I should automatically be good at that. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a human. I'm a father. So therefore, I should automatically be good at it. And I knew I wasn't. But if you look at self-development and then you look at that through the lens of a father and you take those skills and you, you implement them as a father, guarantee if you become a better person, you will become a better father. It's the same thing, like with business and leadership skills, you can take those skills and implement them into your fatherhood life. You know, those two lives are not necessarily separate. You can take those skills and transfer them into being a better father. You can even transfer some skills of being a better father into business. You know, so that's what I decided to do. And and I got to be honest with you, Wally. I mean, the hardest thing in the world for me to do was to surrender that ego and to raise my hand and be like, I don't have this figured out. I need help. And I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and enough is enough. So at that moment, what happened was is I was like, I'm just going to be a student of this. And that's what I did. I became a student of it, and it took, all the, it took a lot of the pressure off, and it's turned into what it's turned into today.
0: So you create this, this page on Facebook. And then what, guys? Just start finding it, or did you start inviting folks over and and kind of having these conversations? How did that work out?
1: No, it, what happened was it was really weird, right? Because so you know I started get a, getting a bit of a following on the page, and then I, I'll never forget. It was like just a few months later, I got a call from a women's group, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we would you mind? We we've been following your page. We want you to come and speak." Um, at this at this church for this women's group, and I was like, okay, well, how many women? And they're like, two hundred and fifty. I was like, two hundred and fifty, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you want to know about? And they're like, we want to know like what you're doing. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's okay. Like, can you just come and talk about what you've learned? And I'm like, oh wow. So um, that's what I did. I kind of took some of the content that I was learning, you know, online and some of the research I was doing, the books I was reading, and I just sort of made it into. Some content, and I mean the first speaking presentation I did. It was just sort of natural, and it was it was some of the things that fathers struggle with most, and some of the things that husbands. And, and I, I'll never forget, like speaking in front of these women, I was terrified, but yet they really enjoyed it. You know, I made it fun and made them laugh, and uh, it was it was a really good time. And then I decided to write um, an ebook and start a blog in 2013. So just a year later, and I started a blog and wrote an ebook. And then a couple years later, I was like, you know, I was like, I think I want to write a book, like a book book, just take a stab at that, even though it seemed overwhelming. So again, I was looking at a blank sheet of paper and I was like, I, I want something, I don't want something fluffy. I don't want something that's going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns because men don't, don't really gravitate towards that and neither do I. Right. But a lot of the research I was doing out there made the fatherhood thing so fluffy. So I was like, what about the dad's edge? I like the sound of that. And what if I could take like nine of the top things that I've learned and put them into this book? And so I, I I wrote the dad's edge and I was very transparent in the book. You know, I'm like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a student of this. And maybe you'll relate to it. You know, for it's, it's written by a dad for a dad. It's written by a struggling dad for a struggling dad. And I wrote that book. And then, um, in 2015, I started a podcast and we've, I've been podcasting for the past two years. And, uh, Wrote a children's book called "Daddy Will Always Love You and Protect You" because my nine-year-old <laughs> challenged me to do that, and I did that. And then uh, now we, for the past two years, we've had what I would call the Dad Edge Mastermind Community, which is the Dad Edge Alliance, uh, where we have helped. Um, in 2016, we had over 200 men go through the, the program, and now in 2017, I developed what's called the Alliance, which is what you saw, which is our Mastermind Community.
0: Wow. Amazing. I love the story. It's just truly an amazing story. It's one of my favorite, uh, enough is enough moment stories, uh, that I've heard so far well, on the show. It truly is. It, it really touches me because I relate in so many different ways. Um, the, the anger that, that came out of <laughs> your son, I can totally, I've moved so many times so many times and I can totally relate to to that conversation, man. Yeah. And generally most people, I'm I'm usually having somebody else move, packing everything for us, but we do pack a lot of stuff. I can, yeah, definitely relate. So what are some, um, I would love to, I know there's so many amazing good news stories that you've gotten from the Alliance and just in, in your regular, um, community, you got a Facebook community as well. Uh, I'd love to hear a couple at least one good news story that you've you would be able to share with us.
1: Oh wow. It, it's it's hard to pick just one. Um so we we've had I'll tell you just a couple of you know we're big on confidentiality in the alliance. Um but I I'll tell you some uh, I'll tell you a couple that it, so guys one of the things we struggle with I'll tell you the top 5 things that I've seen men struggle with. One is health. One is work-life balance uh, intimacy and relationships, connection with kids, um, and confidence. Those are the things that I think we struggle with the most in our life and finances, if you want to add that sixth one. Mm. So I've, I've seen men, let's talk about health first. I've seen several men in our community. One guy in particular has lost 76 pounds, (laughs) 76 pounds. And we've, we've probably have had, like I said, out of 153 guys, I would say at least 50 have, Health goals and have lost a substantial amount of weight. Anything from ten pounds to one guy who's seventy six pounds. And I scratch my head, and I've talked to these guys, and I'm like, I don't understand how. How is it you guys are losing weight in the Alliance? Like, it's not like we're we're like this weight loss thing for men. Like, how is it you're doing it? Like, and I think the best answer that I've heard is there's a million ways to lose weight. There's a million ways to get healthy. Google it, you'll see pages and pages of how to lose weight it's no secret you know how Mm -hmm. to do it the the challenge comes is you have to know two things you have to know who you are as a person who you are is, is so important once you find out who you are then you're like okay now i know who i am now i know why i need to take care of myself but no one takes that step. Always is like, okay, how do I lose weight? Okay, um, for the next thirty days, I'm gonna eat broccoli and chicken. That's how I'm gonna lose weight. But they miss that part where it's like, well, I need to know who I am first, and then understand the why I need to take care of myself. Once you understand who you are and the why, the how is the easy part. To, to take a pick. You know, do, you want to do paleo? Do paleo. Do the do the do the yeah. The, what is it? The the. Um, the 30 day cleanse or whatever, or, you know, do avocare has got a 24 day challenge. Um, you can do, what is it? 30, you can do a 30 day, no alcohol challenge, whole food challenge. You do anything you want. Um, but when you understand who you are and that, why that's when it becomes very, very clear. And that's what I've heard from these guys. So let's dive uh, into that. I want
0: to, dig, yeah. to kind of dig into that just a little bit, who you are. What does that look like? How does that come about and how do they end up figuring that out in the alliance?
1: They figure that. So we take every man through what I call um, an I am statement and a core value discovery. So how do we do that? Um, Most men will go to their grave not understanding who they are, what their core values are, what their mission is. We are always searching for your why. If you go on social media, like the big marketing ploy right now is like find your why. Why you know? I didn't really understand this until I had a, a Navy SEAL on the podcast by the name of Tom Shea, who wrote the best-selling book Unbreakable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he totally debunked this why for us and why your why won't get you very far. So it goes back to your why is like the sugar in your coffee and your coffee is who you are. So like for instance, if I know uh, without a shadow of a doubt that my health is important to me because my health is not only important to me, I need to feel good. I need to to be mentally clear. I need to be emotionally clear. And if I'm healthier, I'm going to show up better in my business. I'm going to show up better with my kids. I'm going to show up better with my wife. I'm gonna have better sex with my wife. I'm gonna sleep better. All these things, like I want to be this mentally clear, emotionally, clear, mentally focused, you know, physically present. I want to be that man. That's who I am. so how do how do I get there? Well, the how I get there is really, I can pick anything that I want. But if I don't understand that part of like, hey, health is part of my core values and why it's part of my core values, how does it matter? Like, for instance, who you are is a level of commitment to what you're going to do. So, for instance, if I don't realize that health is a critical aspect of who I am and part of my core values, if I want to go out and run a marathon, like that's like, hey, I think I'm going to go out and run a marathon, there's 20 different training programs that I could choose from on how to run that marathon. But if I don't understand who I am, I'm a committed, healthy person. Then I, I want to do this because I'm also, I also value achievement in my life. Then how, how w- w- what's, how am I how am I going to accomplish that? You know, that's where a lot of people bail out. That's why, um, that's why uh, New Year's resolutions just don't work. Mm-hmm. There's so many hows out there, but people are just like, eh, it's not important to me. So understanding who you are, why it's important to you. So, and that's why we take guys through a core value exercise. So we take these guys through a core value exercise. They discover their five to seven core values, and then they write what's called a being statement. Mm-hmm. And that being statement then becomes the foundation, that gut check. When anything else comes their way, they go back to that being statement, those core values, and be like, this is important to me. And now I know why. And I'll, I'll say this one last thing. If you don't understand what your core values are, it's, it's no big deal because most people don't understand. We, we go to our graves not, not understanding that. But you can always get a sense of what your core values might be because on a conscious level, a lot of us don't know what they are. But w- when we operate and we're doing something, like for instance, if you're doing something, you're like, I don't know what it is about this, but it just it doesn't feel right to me. Right. It just doesn't feel right. So we've all had that feeling. That is your intuition that's connected to your core values that's telling you this is not in line with who you are. That's why it doesn't feel right. And then there are those other times in our life like, I don't know what it is about this situation, but man, it feels good. It feels right. This is where I should be. You're operating within those core values. And if you can then make decisions on how to accomplish certain things, do certain things, execute certain things, and it's within those core values, that's when you're unstoppable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for breaking that down because that really makes a lot more sense and um, what you're saying, and I completely relate with that. And, uh, core value, that's one of the exercises that I went through with your group uh, the, a couple nights ago, and um, I've done stuff like that before uh, in various venues, and I've done that with other guys it's, It's really amazing when people, when you see the, when you're doing it in person and you see their eyes open up and their whole demeanor completely changes once they realize, you know, something similar to what the being, their being statement is or their values or their, their mission statement for themselves is, is pretty amazing.
1: It is. It's such a powerful, profound moment. I don't know if you've seen what we do in the alliance. I've shared a little bit with the dad edge, but once these guys get really, really clear with what that I am statement is, the, the alliance becomes um, ways that they can now put tools in their toolbox and the who they are is their toolbox. And then the, we, we insert the tools in there and then they go execute upon these areas in their life. Um, but what we do also is I'm like, hey, once you're done with your I am statement, send it to me and then send me your, your favorite photo of your entire family. And what I do is I take that I am statement, I put it on that family photo, I send it to them Um, And it just becomes, it becomes like literally like that. That's, I don't want to say their epitaph because that's when they die, but it becomes something that's now written in stone. That's part of their life.
0: Yeah. In fact, um, you did that for me and it is the um, home screen on my phone Uh, and I've got it uh, up on my computer as well. Yeah. uh, yeah. In fact, guys, I'll have that same picture that Larry did for me. I'll have that in the show notes at menofabundance.com. So go check that out. It's pretty cool. I dig that and I appreciated that.
1: Awesome, man. I'm glad you liked it.
0: So, brother, we could talk all day long about this subject. We're definitely, You and I are definitely going to get on, on the call again, um, either for the show or, or not, because uh, I dig talking with you and I love connecting with you and communicating with you on, on social media. Uh, but in person, so much better. But we're at the point of the show where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that?
1: I'm ready to do it. Let's rock it, brother.
0: Outstanding. So share with Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today.
1: I would say one to three actionable steps is uh, first, number one, if if you want to become a better man, if you want to become a better husband, if you want to become more effective, efficient in your work, uh, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Uh, Be open to learning. Uh, Being open to learning is not a sign of weakness. To raise your hands and say, hey, I don't have this whole thing figured out, but I'm willing to learn, that is such a profound uh, sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. Uh, the other thing, too, is give yourself permission to exercise resources in your life to make you better, whether that's from a financial standpoint, hire a coach, be a part of a mastermind, uh, you know, b- go do that conference on leadership or whatever else that you've been wanting to do, even if it's a few hundred dollars, go, go do it. You know, it's, it's going to change. It's going to be a pivot point for you. Uh, also, give yourself the permission to take time to do these things. You know, you put fuel in your car, you take time to do that. You, you, you give your car oil changes that takes time and resources. You got to do the same for, for, for yourself. So time and resources, you know, be, be generous with yourself. Give yourself, um, give yourself some grace, you know, when it comes to that. Uh, the other thing that I'll say too is, um, and I I think this is a, this is a critical one. Build your tribe, build build your band of brothers. So many of us men were surrounded by people physically, mentally and emotionally, we are completely isolated. Build that band of brothers that you have in your life. It's so critical, it's so important. And I'm not talking about the guys that you hung out with in college or the guys you hung out with in high school and you talk about the same five things. You talk about the weather, you talk about work, you talk about your kids and what you did on the weekends. I'm talking about getting deep with the guys in your life and, and be that rock and that foundation for, for the man who's on the right side of you and the left side and allow those men to be the rock for you as well.
0: Extremely powerful, uh, action steps right there. I back that up 100%. Absolutely love it. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Larry?
1: Uh, d- definitely, uh, physical exercise is a big one for me. Uh, it helps me both physically, it helps me mentally, it helps me emotionally, it helps me more productive. Uh, daily, daily gratitude is another one. Uh, another one I'll share is purposely and intentionally loving my wife. That's a big one. I mean, so, so many of us will put that relationship on automatic pilot, man, love that woman to the depths of your soul and and love her. Like you're going to die tomorrow. Like literally that's what you want to do
0: purposefully and intentionally. That is extremely powerful. So many guys, like you said, really are just going through the motions and not taking those extra steps to plan ahead and and plan a a day spa. Just let your wife go, plan a day spa and put her in a hotel for the night, you know, and maybe have a conjugal visit if she calls you or something, but but give her that time to just go re she needs to recharge too man so we're talking about you recharging but make sure your wife gets that opportunity as well and give it to her i agree so what would you recommend other than your book obviously and we'll definitely have that posted in the show notes at com as well but what would you recommend that our um, abundant leaders read or listen to you
1: know i I'm always reading books, uh, and in the Alliance, we're always reading books as well. I can give you a a list of a couple of them that have just really, really rocked our world. One is uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy Mm -hmm. by Dr. Robert Glover. I interviewed him on the show. He was fantastic. Uh, Essentialism is another one It's so critical for men because we take on so much, uh, and and we tend to overwhelm ourselves, and we tend to not enjoy life, and that's when we get really irritable and pissed off, and we, we try to be everything to everyone, and we end up being nothing for anyone. Um, another one is unbeatable mind by Mark Devine. That's a great one. I just interviewed, uh, Gary John Bishop, who's a New York times bestselling author of, I don't know if your show is clean or not, but I'll say it's on F yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but his, uh, his book has actually inspired me to to write a book and I just submitted, um, the book proposal to an agent, uh, for it's, it's basically a version of on F yourself for fathers. So, um, It's not going to be near, it's not going to be like his book, but it's going to be what a lot of the things that we talked about in this podcast are going to be included in that book. Uh, But those are the ones that, uh, that I just, uh, those are game changing books.
0: Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. So I've got every one of those books on my list of books to get to, and I'm, I've got about five of them stacked up here on my desk that I'm, um, you know, next in line, uh, but out of those four that you just mentioned, which one would you recommend to me uh, to uh, to pick up next?
1: Hey, have you read No More Mr. Nice Guy?
0: I have not, and that's one of the ones that I would personally put at the top of this book, that one, and un- Un-F Yourself.
1: Yeah, either one of those is so good. Uh, I had Dr. Robert Glover uh, on the podcast. He also come and spoke. He spoke and did a and a for the Alliance. Um, but that book... It will rattle you. It will it will and so will unf yourself, but I it will rattle you because you're like, crap. Like, this whole book is about me, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? So we, we all, in the Alliance, we all read that book. And the guys were so funny that month. We did that in July. Mm-hmm. And the guys were so, money, it was so funny because they were like, oh my gosh, man, this book is so great, but it's pissing me off. Yeah, you know, because like I feel like I'm reading my own life story. But we, the, the cool thing about that book, if I give you the 30,000-foot view, is it talks about how we as men, I mean, we're kind of programmed like – well, I want to make everybody else around me happy. And if I make everyone else around me happy, they'll automatically make me happy. And that just doesn't happen. And then we get resentful and pissed off and that kind of thing. Uh, but it talks about instead of being uh, that, that guy who's too nice and, let's, and we say yes to everything and we let people walk on us to become more what's called the integrated man, where we have these boundaries and we're more confident. We're very, very clear with what our needs are and how we communicate those needs. That, I mean, that book is awesome.
0: Yeah, and that's what I get from it because I've heard him interviewed on multiple shows at this point, and uh, and I've been looking at the book for a while, and it does I, I relate to it, and I've taken some stuff based off what he has said and others as well, and some other guys that I follow as well, and I've been much more bold when I'm in various uh, Facebook groups that I'm in, and... I'm answering people's questions. Are kind of given, you know? They'll ask the question, and I'll just give a very bold answer that most guys aren't giving. And uh, from my observation and from my experience, and what I've found since I've been doing that over the last couple, uh, last month or so, because um, normally I just kind of read and be passive in there, is I'm getting a lot more very valuable friend requests. And I'm, when I say valuable, I mean guys that truly want to connect and and actually have a conversation, not somebody who just wants to come over and and just hang out and see what's going on. I mean, 12, 13, 20 a day of guys that are connecting on my Facebook page, on my fan page, connecting with men of abundance and connecting with me because, and I get it from the book, is that since I'm really kind of telling them what most guys aren't willing to tell them, they really want to hear this stuff. And guys are, even guys are commenting on my other posts like, that sounds like it's something from a book. Is that something I can get more information on? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's kind of coming from myself and my podcast here, check it out type of thing. And because I've been, I, even when I was a young man, you know. The, the girls would tell me I was always a skinny kid, but I was too nice. And gr- many girls said, I don't really want to date you because you're just too nice. You're like my brother. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So you're going to yeah. go date this asshole that's going to treat you like crap because you want a bad guy. And then I tried to be a bad guy. It just didn't work for me. Um, right. not, in that re- you, not in that way. So uh, that's the book I got to get. I got That's got to be the next one I pull out.
1: It's so good, man. I, it really is it's so so good it will it will make you happy it'll make you laugh it'll piss you off but it's it's all for the good
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm down for that man yeah uh, I'm, you know i like straight talk i just love straight talk man so what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance
1: ourselves yes ourselves without a doubt it's us it's not it's not our jobs it's not our marriages it's not our finances it's us look in the mirror. That's what holds you back. That's what holds me back You know, I, I gotta tell myself every day like you know, stop getting stop getting in your own way Get out of my way, you know
0: Yeah, and listen guys, you know as soon as you make that realization that it is truly you as, as long as it's somebody else or something else that you don't have control over You have to wait for that to change. You have to wait for that person to change That circumstance to change and guess what? It's not going to happen you can only enhance yourself. And I'm not, I don't like to say that we change ourselves necessarily. We have to enhance our mindset, enhance ourselves, because you're already freaking awesome. And I'm not just blowing smoke. You really are. You have it in you. You have to pull it out like this book we were just talking about, No More Mr. Nice Guy. You have to pull that part out of you. And once you realize that it's you, then only you can make the change and make the enhancements in your life to move forward. Agreed,
1: man. Totally agree.
0: Awesome. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Larry? It
1: means it's more. It's it's definitely a, a mental thing. You know, it's not so much a physical thing, and it's it's not money either. Mm. You know, it. I think so many people think, oh, money, and it's uh, it's not. It's it's mentality. You know, do you have a, a scarcity mentality, or do you have an abundance mentality? You know, I, I think it really does boil down to how do you view life, how do you view you, how do you view the people in your life? Are people always trying to take something from you, or are you just hey? I'm trying to give, you know, and people are trying to give back to me
0: too. Awesome. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we're going to close this up, brother. But before we do, we talked about so much and we could go on for at least another couple hours. But what do we not talk about that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today?
1: Oh boy, what do we not talk about? Um, I I think we didn't really talk about uh, relationship with our kids so much. That's another big area, right? Uh, we talked about marriage and and communication and, and how we can be our you know best friend and worst enemy and all that. But I think when it comes to the relationship with your kids, uh, I heard this quote a long time ago, and it's it's so true. With kids, is the quality of our life depends on the quality of our questions we ask ourselves and other people. Um, I, every Friday, I, I take um, my two older ones, or I take one of the older ones for to, to breakfast before school on Fridays, and. I took my nine-year-old this morning and my nine-year-old is kind of going through a rough patch right now where he, um, you know, he's, we always talk about the terrible twos and the terrible threes. Well, there's actually a a nine, nine is another pivotal age. You know, it's kind of that preteen. They're not necessarily kids anymore, but they're not necessarily teenagers either, but they're, and they're just a little rebellious. So, um, the conversations I've had with him lately have been more disciplinary. So I wanted to get out of that realm and my first instinct when we went out to breakfast is I want to I talk to him about all the things that he needs to brush up on, right? And I thought to myself, that's the wrong thing to do. This really needs to be a good quality conversation. So what questions can I ask him? So I Googled it. I was like, What's top questions to ask your kids. And I found so many resources and so many sites. And I found this one, top 25 questions to ask your kids and we went through these questions and oh my gosh, it turned into like the most amazing, fruitful conversation. And all these questions were not yes or no questions that he could answer, he had to explain them. So they were open-ended, what, when, why, how. Uh, And it was so amazing. So I think if you want to improve that relationship with your kids, I've heard this many times from other guests on my show, is do more asking, do less telling. Uh, and, And the questions that you ask outside the box questions that they can't say yes or no to. So for instance, like how is school today? You're going to hear good. You're going to hear fine. Mm. Those are the two words that they're going to say. We as men, same thing. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Sometimes things are fine and good. Sometimes they're good and fine. Um, same thing with kids. But if you ask these, these really in-depth questions, like for instance, like what's, what's your favorite thing for us to do and why, you know, just, that's just one example. You're going to have these amazing, fruitful conversations that will help that bond and strengthen that bond.
0: I absolutely love that. And since we're on that subject, I have another question for you. And this came up in one of my groups and some of the guys that I've been talking to. And it's a question from myself as well that, you know, we always say we want our kids to have better than we did and to have a better life and, you know, all this stuff. The thing is, is I'm who I am because of my adversities that I went through in my life. Some of those adversities, my kids are never going to go through, just because of the lifestyle that I've built for them, uh, and they won't go through that as children. They may, they may later on in life, if something goes completely wrong. But I am, uh, bottom line is, I am who I am because of those adversities. But I want my kids to kind of feel some of that as well. You know, I don't want things to be too easy for them. Does that make sense?
1: That makes total total sense. I mean, some of the seals um, that I've had on the show. Um, like for instance, Eric Davis, he wrote the book, uh, raising men. He was also, he, he trained, uh, Chris Kyle, you know, he's, he was Eric Davis's sniper in the seals Yeah, Eric Davis
0: is trained- on my show as well. He's one of my earliest. Oh yeah. yeah. Great guy. Oh, he's great so book cool. too.
1: It is a great book, but if you read that book, um, another book for your listeners lead, it's, it read is great. It's raising men, but it's, it's really raising children. Mm-hmm. Um, putting your kids in uncomfortable situations, where they have the opportunity to fail and it's out of their comfort zone and it's safe. So Eric Davis, like he, he talks about the examples of when he walks his daughters, even though in Raising Men, he talks about his daughters, he, -hmm. him and his daughters go for walks on, on the beach on these ginormous rocks where the waves are just crashing all around them, but he's right there next to them and he's a, he's a seal. So he's really comfortable being in the water. If anything were to happen, he, you know, he can he's fine but the daughters you know they're really really scared they're terrified and he's like i'm right here you know you can go through it you can walk through this you can do this but putting your kids in uncomfortable situations and not necessarily being the 100% safety net but being the maybe the 50% safety net that if something happens you know and i'm not talking about just physical uh uncomfortable situations i'm talking about mental as well uh putting them in uncomfortable situations that it allows them to get out of that comfort zone. It allows them to, to make decisions. It allows them to fail. It allows them to pivot, you know, and make new and different decisions that they otherwise wouldn't. So things like that, you getting your kids in uncomfortable situations where they can fail.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for reminding me of that because I got to go back into that book. I've got it on audio which is a funny story in itself because it's some Australian dude that's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Eric butter, and I, yeah. Yeah, we had a conversation about that. He was like, I had no say in that and I'm so pissed off about it, but he couldn't change it. But anyway, uh, I love the story that he shares in there too about his whole family's basically on a cliffside. <laughs> yes. And they're, they're kind of stranded, but not really. And another family's like, Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're good. Don't worry about it, man. We're, we're all right. <laughs> guys you don't have to take it to that extreme um and thanks for reminding me of that again larry because eric really has quite a few great anecdotes in there and great stories from his own life and raising his own kids uh and getting them out of their comfort zone and having them fill that fear uh to grow because you cannot grow in the comfort zone no you can't absolutely love it
1: i I think there's that quote right that a comfort zone is great but nothing grows there i, I can't remember yeah, what it yeah, says something yeah. like
0: that but 100 uh, percent, it definitely relates so brother it's been a great conversation this is one of the longest ones i've had and i man i could just keep going on and, and picking your brain and just having this conversation learning from each other for sure but we got to close this up man and i'm going to have all yeah. the links all the books everything that we talked about linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com and again thanks for your time man
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, man. You've got a great show, and I just want to say this real quick thing. I know we've gone over, but um, for those of you guys who are listening to Wally and his podcast, you got a great host here. Uh, this guy, man, he p- p- puts his heart and soul into this, and uh, you are lucky, lucky to have him at the helm of this podcast because he puts a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. and he's As you can tell, he's very, very passionate about that.
0: Brother, I appreciate that. I really do. You bet. It means a lot. You bet. You um, bet. Um, aloha.
1: All right. Aloha.
0: Man, as Larry and I talked about in our conversation, I had the privilege of hanging out with Larry and a bunch of the guys in his group, the Dead Edge Alliance. And I just had a blast. And that one hour that I was with this group, I really had a blast. And I've been in other masterminds, and I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what mastermind. Well, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. It does matter what mastermind you get into because you have to get into a mastermind that's going to help you grow, one that you can resonate with. And if hanging out with me is great, I would love to hang out with you and I would love to help you grow in living a life of abundance. But if you're looking to be a better dad, we've had two great guests this week, one in Brandon Handley and the other in Larry Hagner. And regardless I just want you to find a group of men that you can hang out with that you can resonate with that you're going to be able to contribute to and you're going to be able to learn from that's the whole purpose of getting into these groups so that you can realize your power and realize how much you have to offer other men and then take from other men what they have to give to you so guys that's what I have for you today I want you to go out and live your life of abundance and man make sure to pay it forward